1: We've got the uh, women's yes. coach, Peter Preston, has joined us. Good morning, mate. G'day, guys. How are you? We're well. Um, so far, we've been watching these girls, like, for the last hour. It's been pretty intense out there. And tell us uh, how old these girls are and where they've all come from.
2: Yep, no problems. A lot of them are the Coast girls. Uh, we're trying to bring as many through as we can from the Central Coast. Uh, a lot of them were retained from last year with everything that happened with COVID and all that. And the season got cut short. Uh, but obviously with the announcement of the W League as well at the end of the next year for next season we're looking to obviously recruit some people as well and we've brought a few girls in we've actually nicked a few from our neighbours up the road the Jets so so far so good
1: yeah congratulations mate on your appointment too and uh what does that mean to you and also your assistant coaches uh you know to get that appointment I know you've been around the club for a long time
2: yeah it's pretty exciting obviously I had a break last year and in 2021 and been around the boys' side for five years, and then obviously back in with the girls now, Ken gave me a call and said, would you be interested? So, I just love coaching, so yeah, and I'm really excited, and obviously Gabby Blanche will be my assistant, and play a little bit of a role as well in in there, and uh, so yeah, she's happy to be on board as well, and adds a lot of experience with the girls' side of things. And Pete Edwards with the 16s, Alicia Dudman with the 15s, and we're just in Limbo at the moment with the 14s, but we're pretty close. So where
0: will these girls play, Pete, and who do they play against? And, you know, what's the strength of the competition?
2: They're in MPL 2 at the moment, same as the boys. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're looking to get promoted and get into NPL 1, hopefully for the year after. And then obviously with the W League in the middle of that season and stuff like that. So MPL 2 in the winter. W League next summer, and then hopefully we're promoted from NPL 2 and NPL 1 for 23.
0: So due to, and despite the success the club have had at academy level, uh, especially in the last couple of years, um, because of COVID, they didn't get that opportunity to go up to NPL 1, is that correct? Yeah,
2: correct, because obviously the senior competitions haven't been completed in yeah. in the last couple of years, so unfortunately for the boys as well as the girls, yeah, we haven't had the opportunity to finalise um, a promotion opportunity and stuff, just with the seasons getting cut short, yeah, so obviously that's the goal <laughs> this year and everything... You know, staying healthy and positive and that around COVID, we should be good to go.
0: You'd think that, you know, academy programs that are associated with the A League teams should, well, I believe, just from an outsider looking in, should be in that MPL1. Competition, they're obviously going to be the stronger clubs and, and have the, the greater resources. It just makes sense to me that that's how it works out. Yeah, but they've got a system here that and that's how it works.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. Obviously, everyone's got their own opinions on how that should work, and I'm sure the NPL clubs would be uh, fighting tooth and nail not to give free li- free rides to the A League clubs and the yeah. academies and stuff. So I, I, I get it both ways, and it'd be nice if we're, you know, I think it'd be better anyway if we earned the right to get there anyway on our yeah. own merit. So, boys and girls, I think. That's where the club's heading, and we, you know, we're we're pretty confident in both sides this year. So we think we're we can get to where we want to go to.
1: We're talking to Peter Preston, head coach with the A League Women at the Central Coast Mariners, and you know it is enormous in terms of pathway that we've actually got a franchise for 2023.
2: Ah, uh, it's incredible, and obviously with the announcement of the SAP license as well for the girls, we're all the way through, same as the boys now. So to, obviously part of today is obviously a bit of an introduction to the women's football. So we've, with the GSAP uh, or Girls SAP as we call it. Uh, under 10s, 11s, 12s, 13s, which will underpin uh, the NPL youth, 14s, 15s, 16s, and then hopefully step into the senior space in NPL and then hopefully progress all the way through to the A-League women's.
1: Peter, can you share some stories? So you said you were with the men's side of the program at the academy for about five years. We know what football is like at the highest level. Mm -hmm. Sam Kerr and the Matildas, you know, they're they're absolute rock stars. In fact, they're our favourite sporting team in the country. And like Butte said, He stopped watching the NRL through the Olympics to watch the Matildas campaign. Sam Kerr's just re-signed, by the way, for a few more years, extended her deal with Chelsea. But what is it like at the grassroots of women's football?
2: Uh, It's it's definitely growing. I've been fortunate as well, because I'm actually involved a little bit with Kalani as well, so run their football program for them. Uh, So I've sort of seen women's football grow from the early 2000s, you know, probably from 100 girls and probably 10 teams to where it is now and there's probably a couple of thousand girls playing and there's lots of teams in all the different age groups and all the way up to premier league locally and stuff and then obviously with the you know as a rep- representative program has grown as well especially on the central coast yeah we, women's football has just grown and then like you said on the back of the matildas you know unbelievable unbelievable team and you know they've done really well and obviously really excited about the upcoming games for them with the usa as well and stuff but you know all the girls are you know, they're just a buzz with the Matildas and stuff like that, so... I
0: think we've seen, Pete, over the last, you know, 10 years or whatever it is, the skill level has increased dramatically. How do you see these girls at the moment? Where are they positioned? And if they were to compete against a boy's side and be competitive <laughs> against them, what sort of age would they be looking at in terms of their skill level?
2: Uh, I think skill level at the top. There's no dramas. I think the technique and that for the girls is amazing. Yep. And that, it's just the physicality yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff, obviously with the boys' physical presence against the girls, so... That's where they, they get beat up a bit if they do play boys and that. So you're probably around, um, you know, physically probably 15 or 16-year-old boys. Um, but technically probably up with first-grade boys and yeah, stuff. Yeah. They can yeah. play, they can pass, they can kick, they can, you know, yep.
1: first touches are good. Well, I thought the recent games against Brazil, uh, I was watching with my son, Corey, mm. and it, they were mind-blowing how the speed of the game, the skill level of the game, and uh, you know, and some of the girls coming through too at a super young age um, is just so exciting for the women's game. Um, tell us, like a lot of our listeners, they probably wouldn't know a whole lot about Gabby Blanche um, unless they're, you know... You know, die Hard die-hard football fans. So tell us more about her as your assistant coach and also uh, uh,
2: she's going to play some role, isn't she, on the pitch? 100%. She's um, she's a top player. She's been a top player on the coach for a long time. She's been around it. She's played at club level. Uh, she's won Premier League titles locally. Uh, she's played around the rep program. She's been a big driving force. Uh, her and Lizzie Shorter, um, another one who's been around for a long time and but, yeah, Gabby, yeah, she's still got a lot to offer, even at her age and stuff. Like, she's getting on a bit now, so she keeps telling me that. So uh, we're just trying to manage her loads as well a little bit and, and obviously a little bit of coaching on the side as well just to help her transition into that. But, yeah, no, she's got to play a big role on the field for us.
1: We're always excited when Central Coast locals get a start in the A-League team in, in the men's side. Can you put any kind of percentage on how many girls will be local in the A-League women as opposed to girls that we draft in?
2: Uh, I think it, it, it's early doors to say to see, but obviously see what sort of interest the club attracts with some you know some high-profile girls. But I think you know there's no reason why we can't get you know five to six girls in the, initially into the next year's squad, um, and then in and around the group, how many games they play will be up to them depending on how they train. But you know, we'll, the club will sign. I'd imagine somewhere between twenty-three and twenty-three players, like they do in the boys, and mm. as they're training and that. But also, I'd like to implement some, you know, a bit of a train-on squad as well with the local girls, rather than, you know, the girls that are local and bring them into the environment, and you know, let them gain the valuable experience and you know see where how far they can take themselves to the next level. Some
0: of the girls out there now, Pete, um, can you name a couple who we can keep an eye on uh, as the season progresses? Some that you know stand out for you that you, and not to put any pressure on them, but you know what, clearly they're
2: you know, heading in the right direction. Yeah, early doors, obviously. I've been, obviously, with the girls now for three weeks and uh, they're doing really well. But, yeah, there's probably one or two that have, um, you know, through training. We've brought a couple in, like I said, from the Jets. So there's one or two to keep an eye on with there. Uh, Chloe Smith, Tegan Douglas, Leah O'Hagan. Obviously, Safi Nanatovic we brought in as a sort of our marquee player for NPL. And she's played a lot of W League and young Matildas and stuff. But from a local point of view as well, you've got girls like Abby Van Gamet, who looks good, Eloise Jones, uh, Bella... Demire, Rachel Glendenning. There's quite a number of girls that are really pushing their case to, you know, um, force their way into the first grade side for NPL next year and give them some valuable experience, along with some of the other girls, like some of the older girls, Caitlin Murphy, like Lizzie Shorter that we mentioned earlier, Gabby, uh, Caitlin, uh, Candice Phelan, sorry, as well. So, yeah. It's... And
1: like Nick Montgomery, have you got spies in every corner of the globe? And I, I dare say with women's football, now I know Europe are professional leagues, but in America, the college system is absolutely huge, isn't it? Have you got some spies in the US?
2: Yeah, we have. I actually had a conversation with Sean Miller, camp out CA the other day about that and stuff. And the club's trying to build some relationships with the in the US and stuff. So hopefully, we can have a bit of a, you know, organise a bit of a sister system there where we, you know, they send some girls over and we can send some girls over there as well, long term. And that, that's a club's direction where they look like they're heading. So uh, yeah, very exciting times for women's football.
0: And is it good for the girls here also? And I imagine it would be to. You know, be training alongside the A-League boys there. That, you know, they're just over the field there, and you know they've obviously seen these uh, guys play on TV on a regular basis. But to be, you know, almost in that same family, that same close knit community now, must be a good feeling for those young girls.
2: Yeah, I think it's awesome and stuff. And they look over the fence and they see the boys there and stuff, and they train training the facility. The club's done wonderful here. I haven't been back for twelve months, and the actual training field's really good as well. So, yep. as said, everything's stepping up and. Uh, The club, Ken and Sean, have been amazing with the girls' side of things as well, and they're really starting to push everything in line with the boys and that. So, I said, it all goes well for the future for women's football. There's no doubt about that. Mate, it's
0: a good sign
2: when, you
0: know, this family day has just kicked off, and we've probably got a couple of hundred people here already, which is a great sign. Yes. Uh, And it's a reflection of, I think, the success the club had
2: last year but also the anticipation of the year to come. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, Stadja and Nath did a really good job, and obviously they've moved on now, and you know, Monty and Serge have taken over and brought in their own staff and made a few changes, but they've been lucky they've kept the nucleus of the squad. Um, so, yeah, everyone's obviously started last night, Melbourne City and Brisbane, but obviously our boys mm. kick off tomorrow. I wish them all the best against the Jets, and I'm sure they'll get up there and get a, get the job done. But, yeah, for the girls, just, yeah, working closely there and stuff and crossing paths and saying hello and as I said, everyone's just welcomed us back. They've welcomed me back, to be fair, with open arms, which has been great as well. So, yeah, we're just trying to build that relationship between boys and girls just to, as I said, say we're one family, one club, Like you know, like everyone knows us has. So, yeah, yeah. it's been great.
1: Talking to Peter Preston, head coach of the Mariners A-League Women. And uh, I'm glad you mentioned about the local competition because, you know, we've seen Gosford, what a sensational women's side but also you minor in the last couple of years where they won the championship and you know, i've covered a lot of those stories for nbn news and i've just been gobsmacked by the standard of the local competition and i think a lot of those girls deserve uh, and not just them because you know i've seen the old lasses the uh, terrible women's team as well and they're a fantastic side
2: yeah said it's like i said it's growing all the time and it's great opportunities they said for girls that you know, like the boys, you know, if you don't want to play in the elite level and stuff, there's still a good competition to play in. I was fortunate, I was at the stadium last year, grand final day uh, that Central Coast Football ran, and we went there early, and I said, watch Gosford and your, uh, your minor in the grand final, and it was a penalty shootout, it was a cracking game, and obviously pretty exciting, I think it finished 2 all at normal time, and then your minor ended up getting them on pens, and yeah, it was amazing, so yeah, really Awesome, awesome yeah, stuff.
1: credit to all of them. Uh, Peter, thanks so much for your time. Uh, best wishes, mate. and uh, Hopefully you'll be a regular guest on our show moving forward.
2: Yeah, look forward to it. Thanks for having me, guys. Cheers. Appreciate it, yeah. Pete.
1: We might, uh, we might grab Mick Morley for a second because you just want to give a sponsor a uh, massive wrap. Uh, you were saying earlier that uh, is a DMC have been huge supporters of the Central Coast Mariners in particular. Grab that mic, Mick, and fire away. Mick, grab the mic. There he goes. <laughs> there yeah, we go. Geez, taking his time.
0: I'm yeah. back. He's back. I'm yeah, back. so Goodness. DMC, quickly. Yeah, DMC, Michael Davy, mate. Um, they're a mining, mining. You know, they do belts and stuff in uh, Western Australia. But, you know, there's no, no business in the Central Coast. But massive supporter of the Mariners. Took all the boys out for lunch yesterday at uh, Baker Street at Gosford. Uh, the whole crew. He uh, does that regularly. Um, he see me. His name will be around all the training shirts and that. He's Wingara uh, uh, Wildcats. He, he he sponsors the Gunderland team. He's massive. I think it's over there at King Cumber, the Colts. Mm. Uh, what he puts back to the Central Coast for uh, really nothing for his business is is amazing. So mate, uh, Michael Dovey and DMC amazing.
1: Yeah, sponsors. Gr- great to hear those stories, isn't it?
0: Did you end up going to the feed yesterday? Uh, no, uh, I was busy, thanks. We, uh, just like, he'd go anywhere for a free feed.
1: <laughs> have, a, have a look at him. He looks like he's struggling on this uh, Saturday morning. Oh. The great man.
0: No I'm, no, no, I'm not, man. I put the eye drops in before I came here. Um. <laughs> uh,
1: this is Saturdays on the Coast. We're off to a break. We're back in just a few moments' time. Uh, Gary Birkinshire unfortunately, can't join us, but we'll talk some cricket. The Aussies oh. winning the T20. They've broken the drought after 14 years. What Saturdays enough. on the Coast on SEN.